Yo, happy Friday, Duan. Happy Friday to you as well, Mr. Mo Mac. How you feeling, man? On this episode of Stirring the Pot, you know what's funny? It's inaugural. Hey. It's not inaugural. Hey, listen to this. It's Per. She's on the line. I am so excited right now. What? Did she hijack the line? I cannot <laughs> believe I invited her here. No, y'all called right when I was, like, paying. So, real quick. Well, it's better than my situation. Usually, people be calling me when my anchor thing thing is like hot, and that means I'm usually in the shower. So that's a bad sign. It's a bad sign. But I'm here now, and I have my hot dog, which is like what's really important. <laughs> Ch- Chicago style. It should be Ch- Chicago style because those are the best. Like with a like a whole salad on top of that thing. Oh, God, no. She was like, what do you want on it? I was like, nothing. She put mayonnaise on the bun. I was like, no, I just want to put ketchup on it. Please give me a new bun. (laughs) Hers being difficult, that doesn't seem to surprise me. But who puts mayo on a hot dog anyway in the first place? I think think she's well within her right. I'm a low-maintenance hot dog person. This lady just wanted to, like, change my routine, and I'm not here for it. She wanted to change your life with that hot dog. Anyway, let's get off the food. You guys are making me hungry. I'm going to diet. I'm not feeling good right now. Yes, yes. Today's topic is... Well, before we get into the... To tell everyone, this is the new format for Stirring the Pot. This is technically episode three, but this is the first one on the station. Of course, we have Momac and we have the guest with uh, the best... Mindset. Uh, the rhyme is bad, but Purs. Hi. Woo. All right. This is this is a big moment for me. First of all, because Purs is awesome. Number one, because she's actually talking to us from what in Canada. This is this is monumental. I love what Anchor is doing for this. I'm gonna just do a little slow clap, golf clap. Yeah, you guys can't hear it, but that's all right. I'm doing it. So. Okay, first topic of discussion. Let's talk a little about anchor etiquette and let's get into the uh, area of getting the call-ins where people are essentially thanking you for accidentally listening to their station. I mean, for listening to their station. Okay, y'all know I have an issue with this because I went on a whole rant about it. Mm -hmm, Good topic. Mm -hmm. But basically, if you don't have any substance to add and not a close friend, Okay, and it's not a PM. Don't slide into my call-ins. That's my opinion. Now, hold up, hold b- before we go though. Is that for the initial one? Like you never met the person and they're introducing themselves with a thank you. Is that okay, or is it is it like mm, it's already like a bad start for you, Purse, when they do that? In my opinion, it's very much. It it doesn't. It's usually people who you've never met before, but it doesn't matter where in the relationship, like. My point is, like, whether it's your first time calling in or your 10,000 times calling in, add some substance to my station. For example, Duan can literally, like, call into my station and, like, make weird noises for 30 seconds. But that would be adding substance because, like, we are friends in a way that, like, I would talk off that. You know what I mean? And then we could probably make a conversation. But But if it was, like, some... Even if he's butt-dialing you, though? Because I'm sure he could butt-dial you. But anyway. Well, if it's a butt dial, then that's an accident. Like, that's completely different than, like, <laughs> you actively, like, if I've never met you before and you just come into my call and you start making animal noises, I'm going to be like, who is this person? Why are you talking to True. me? Why did you just waste 45 seconds of my life? 
the same yeah. way. Yeah. If Duan came into my columns and he was like, thanks for listening, thanks for always listening to my stuff, that makes sense because, like, he's appreciating the ongoing support that we've been giving each other. And, like, that's actually nice. However, if I've never seen your station before and you come on and you're just like, thanks for listening to my one segment, and then I never hear from you again, you might as well just, like, not call in. Because to me, especially the way that people have been doing it to her, it's very disingenuous. Um, and it's always, like, an ulterior motive. It's not, like, it's not even genuine. It's not even, like, thanks for listening. It's always, like, thanks for listening. Listen more. Mm. I'm not going to listen more. What do you think about that, Delon? Yeah, I think, obviously, there are benefits to doing that. You're getting your name out there. You're thirsty. You're hungry. But as Perz was saying, it's kind of disingenuous, especially when the person is not taking that time really to listen to you. And they are just simply like, oh, someone checked out my station. Let me act like a Twitter robot if a person types a lot the wrong way and I'll respond to them. <laughs> it just, it's not really, you know, building a connection. And I think that's one of the hardest things to uh, do on Anchor at times is to build a genuine connection. Oh, man, you know what, you guys, I'm starting to get a guilt trip because this is reminding me of something similar, but a little bit different, but it's along the same lines. Now, one thing I did want to bring up, you know, like when people are gone for a long time and they come back and they make their rounds, some people, the genuine ones, do it right, right? Like, let's just put the name out there. Well, it's not right to have names, but there's a certain, um, you know, anchor user, I'll say, she come around. And did a nice little, oh, I missed you, blah, blah, blah. Use the full minute. Love it, right? It's very nice. You get that sense of, oh, yeah, they remember who I am. They want to say hi. Boom. Great. Then you have people that come on and drop you, you know, a five-second, I'm back. And <laughs> I got to tell you, I got to tell you, after a while, it just, it's like you said, that this being disingenuous just kills me. I'm just like, oh, man, instead of liking you and appreciating you coming by, I'm like, Man, I wish you would never even have spent that five seconds because now it's like an extra five seconds of distaste in my mouth, you know? Like, does that make sense? No, I completely agree. So, for example, and this is a positive example, so I'm going to say the name. Unmentionables have not been around for a while. But we, mm. while they were around, we actually connected. And if she and her, like, family ever decided to come back and we just, like, dropped into my columns and she was like, yo, hey, what's up? Like, I'm, I'm on Anchor and, you know, whatever. Um, have you been? Or, you know, a short little comment on, like, whatever was on my station at the moment. But literally just coming on to say, like, I've returned. Um, I wouldn't, I would be fine with it. It'd be like if Duan was like, I need to go on an indefinite Anchor leave um, because of, like, some, some personal issues. And then he came back and he'd be like, yo, I'm back. Not necessarily listen to my stuff, but yo, I'm back. I would appreciate that because it's like, like a friend texting you and saying like I'm back from my trip, like I'm back in the country, um, you know. Like I want to, I want to know that you're back and you're fine. What I don't like is when people, yeah, come into your columns like Momat was saying and would say like, yeah, I'm back on Anchor. Listen to the five segments that I posted. Like, if you're telling me I'm back because you just want me to know that you're okay and you're around, that's good. If you're telling me you're back because yes. you're trying to like certain like route me to your station to listen to your content that is bad 
I, and I totally agree. You know, the people that do it consistently over and over, and then it gets start, it starts being annoying when it's consistent and it's the same situation over and over, and you're just like, oh, I can't believe you're giving me a 10 second, um, kind of like a commercial almost, you know, about, about yourself, about whatever you're promoting. It, it's not, it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel good. Yeah. And another thing I noticed as well is that Anchor is very personal. We're using our voices every day. We're listening to each other talk every day. So it's kind of like you get to know people and get inside their worlds a little more. So everybody has the emotional comeback and they got to give you a million excuses. The dog ate their homework and et cetera, et cetera. And I think sometimes it's like, you know, just come back into it. You know, you, when you're doing double dutch, you just you just go in there. You don't talk to people. Hey, OK, OK. But the, you just jump in there, you know, just jump in the pool and experience it. Don't waste so much time telling us why you were gone or you were sick and so because people have lives you know it's all good so i think sometimes that can account for those uh, like yeah i'm back and then a couple months later they'll say i'm back again and you notice like oh this is kind of like what they like to do so some people love that they love that feeling of i'm back <laughs> again and then they leave once they get enough engagement and then yeah so there you go yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a relationship. So if they're not getting what they feel like they need to get, they'll be gone and stuff like that. Uh, but you're right, Duane. I, I feel I feel the same way. When you, you when well, it's cool, people could just come on, do their thing. I'm okay with it. You know, I don't feel bad. I feel I feel. In fact, I feel better if they just hey, this is who I am. Like I believe um, I'm gonna say it. Lola, she she rocks like that, and I love it. I'm like, hey, whew, come back whenever you can. I I, I appreciate it every time. So. You know, it's just one good example of a person who does that, you know, doesn't make any excuses and is better off for it. Now, Purge. Yes. I have a question for you. I just wanted to switch up topics a little bit. Since you've been on Anchor till now, do you feel the mental health awareness community has grown stronger or has it kind of just been the same heads that you kind of are used to? Do you sense that there are more people that want to talk about this that are calling in to you with things that they would like to talk about? Um, people in general, more people. Um, I think there's about an equal amount of like people maybe outside of the mental health community calling in to ask questions and like discuss things that maybe they didn't understand before. As for people coming into Anchor, like within the mental health community to like share their stories, I think lately there have been a lot more people like coming in and creating a, an account saying like, I'm here to share my story, but I don't necessarily think they last. Oh. You know? Yeah. Like they come in, they use yeah. it for like a week or two and then they're, they're gone. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just, uh, you know, part of the anchor game. It's kind of the churn. Mm -hmm. The churn is, is real because it's just it's hard to know what to do on anchor, especially if you're not a creative type. And for the first time users, like, let me ask you, just being that you're relatively newer than uh, some other people that have been on anchor and you've risen to the top. It is four months now, I think. Three, four, four months. months. Okay. But, you know, I think the first time I heard you was on the one station about two mm -hmm. months ago. And I was like, love the voice, blah, blah, blah. But who is this person? And, you know, do you, do you mind telling us a little bit about how you got your start and how you got footing in and what made you feel good about staying on Anchor for so long? On Anchor, well, I found Anchor um, on Twitter. One of the Twitter moments was talking about um, 
I think it's called Juno or like Judo, whatever. There's basically an airline that's creating like a specific airline for, or a sub airline for millennials. And it's supposed to be like mm. a cheap, it's supposed to be like marketed to millennials, but it's actually a luxury airline. So everyone's like, this is ridiculous because millennials are like in debt and like your friends are <laughs> whatever but anyway um there was an anchor someone on anchor created a segment about it and it was before transcription was available to everyone and only for like the special people and at the very end of the segment it was like you can create your own podcast with anchor like for free whatever and i had even like before my whole breakdown my whole mental health thing i'd always wanted to do a podcast and i wanted to do like a super deep kind of thing but i didn't know how to orchestrate that and then I was like, hmm, I could use this to make my podcast without having to spend any money. And then I was like, well, what would it be about? And then I was like, well, I'm going on this journey trying to figure out, like, my mental health and my life. So why don't I just make it about that? And then I came on Anchor. And one of the first people I actually found was um, Simon from Simon Says. And what I actually just started doing was I would make two episodes a week. And I would just post those Monday and Wednesday and I wouldn't even say anything. And I would literally just listen to Simon because he had like a huge, he would like echo everyone. So I felt like I was getting good grasp of like the whole community by listening to like right. the station. Um, and then about a, a week and a half, two weeks in, you know, I decided to like call into him and the community was like welcoming to my first call-in so then I started like talking with him more and then through talking with him I started talking to people that like I found through his echoes um but in the very beginning I was like super like in the corner I was like I'm just gonna use this as a way to publish my podcast for free I'm not even gonna like talk to anyone within the app um but then I also realized no one was like listening to my stuff because I didn't create those bonds and relationships um, yes, and then, that, that's a good point. You know, yeah. that's one of the biggest hurdles I was going to say. Because it was hard because I was also, I've spent more time on my Twitter, like doing like mental health stuff on there, but people still weren't really routing back to my podcast. So the more I started talking to people, I could see it in the listens um, and the reactions. Like the more people not only just talked to me for me, but they also started like taking in my content and listening to my content. Um, and then it was like a good feedback loop where it's like the more that I was ingrained ingrained in the community the more con- of my content got listened to and reacted to and then the more my content got listened to and reacted to i wanted to be a part of the community because it's like super positive um and then i've just been here because i also have like goals outside of anchor i feel like people who come to anchor and they're just kind of like coming to like play around and like around that's when it's easier for them to like come and they're like oh i came i saw i have other things to do with my time um, right. But because what I want to do is very, like, it has a very specific focus, and I want to expand it outside of Anchor, and I want to share my story, and I want to hear other people's stories, and I want to, like, and it's not even like my story's over. Like, I literally just posted today called Existential Dread about how I spent some time in the emergency, whatever, getting another, like, a diagnosis, and I now, like, don't, still don't feel anything, and, like, I'm not a new person, so... Even as I post, like I'm learning new things about myself and my journey, and it's a a very interactive process. My goodness, this is so. The one I'm just gonna say, I I am so blown away for many reasons, and I'll get into them. But I want to hear your thoughts on what Purs just said. Uh, I honestly feel that Purs went about things not only the right way, but she's making us old dogs look decrepit. 
uh, she definitely came to anchor with the right mindset while, you know, us dusty farts just want to have convos with people all day. She wants to start a business of this thing. And I remember at first, I, I'm, now we're going to keep it real here. At first, I was looking at hers. I was like, she, okay, she's doing her thing. But then she started talking about that uh, that monetization and everything. I was like, oh, wait, okay, we got a little problem here now. We got a little Gary Vee chick here. Probably going to have to duke up with her a little bit. But as I got to know her more and more, I realized she was actually onto something. And it made me think of Anchor in a different way. Whereas prior, besides whatever the hell music that is playing, prior to that, <laughs> prior to that um, I didn't really want to do too much. I just wanted to make Anchor the same as how it always been. But she kind of made me look at podcasting in a different way that oh this actually could be a place to get the podcast thing going for real kind of what i wanted to do all this time so her's just been doing her thing getting herself out there it's always nice and then you know this is the couple top 20 in a row we talking to a legend here Mo Mac. yeah a, a, right off the bat you know that's why i was going to say one of the reasons i was going to say she's so amazing right is because she rose from what being somebody who quote unquote, kind of called herself a wallflower for a little bit, just checking out the zone, whatever, you know, making the right moves by finding popular stations that were within her expertise, right? Yeah. Like the stuff she cared about, wanted to talk about that. that that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Like Great, Simon, um, you know, deals with his PTSD and I'm like mental health. And fun right. fact, I actually, um, got an addition to my diagnosis today, which was P PTSD. And so I guess I, oh, I, I uh, wow. yeah. I related to him somehow, even though that wasn't a part of like my running diagnosis at the time. Um, right, but but it's it's part of the like value add and the interest, right? Back and forth, guys learning from each other, experiences yeah. and discussions. So, super, super, and talk about girl boss and type A personality. Like you took it from what the first couple of weeks like that by what month two you're like talking monetization, hitting the top twenty a couple times. Yeah, talking monetization. <laughs> I mean, and Dewan over here talking about I ain't paying for nothing you giving out for free. And then two weeks mm -hmm. later, who do I hear about making merch on his station? Dewan. Yeah. You you just you just convinced him. You're so that's how good you are. You know why? Because like that's the other thing I not only are you type A girl boss material, you're not an asshole about it. People want to be like you, you know, and that's that's golden in my book as far as I'm concerned, you know. I know it sounds like a lot of ass kissing and probably is, but that's because of much respect. Keep doing your thing. Well, thank you. No, I'm just, I think a part of it, like, keeping away from being pompous is just like, my goal here isn't to be like some motivational speaker, like, Gary V, like, this is how you get successful, which means I need minions who are like, taking my advice on how to get successful. Um, I'm just here doing my own thing. And like, if it works for me and you want to try it, like you can try it. If it doesn't work for me, that doesn't mean it won't work for you. Like, you know, I'm just trying to do what works for well, me. And I guess on the way it has inspired people to do things, but it's not like my goal here is to like be inspirational. My goal is completely, true. yeah. And by the way, that is Gary Vee, I have to say. I, I disagree with you. I think Gary Vee is totally that way. He's not doing it to get minions. He's just doing his fucking thing. And because he is so successful at what he does, people want to be like him de facto, right? That's just the way it rolls, you know? Me included over here. Go ahead. 
Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, from what I've heard of him, I think when he first started out, that was very much how he was. Business, I'm going to do this for my... Um, yeah. Some aspects, I think he's like that. Like, when he gets on a new platform, I think he's doing it because it's, like, the rush of him being... But when Probably. it comes to, like, his public speaking and his videos, I very much get the sense that he's, like... Listen to what I have to say about life. Please follow oh. my mantras. Pay for my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> jab, 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 right hook, you know. That's Just saying. part of his game. Part of his game. Now, before, I'm sorry to interrupt. But I actually had just got a phone call from my building manager about something with my garage. So it's cool that y'all are actually still talking during the whole process. Oh, you <laughs> so were gone. At least it doesn't you get were gone? <laughs> <laughs> I felt I felt bad. I was like, man, Dewan, don't let me take the thunder, man. But whatever. I apologize. Like, <laughs> How'd you pull that off? That. I didn't even know. I didn't hear him at all. That's cool. Another another high five for the anchor team for making this app built right, you know, so people can take <laughs> and handle their business while producing the show. I'm, I'm so unprofessional stop. right now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's all good. We, we held it down. We held it down. Yeah, Purse held it down. You know, she, she's honestly, I want her to be the star of this episode. So it's totally awesome. All right. Um, so, Purse, uh, why don't you talk a little bit more about this diagnosis? You know, I, of course, I want to hear it on your station. And let me tell you something. I am so upset at myself because recently, this is, this is what I was going to say about feeling a little bit guilty. Get into all the good content mm-hmm. out there, like Purse, like some other stuff. I, I, don't, I don't make enough time, and I feel so bad about it because I want to listen to it. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. There's no solution for this. But anyway, sorry for the segue if you want to talk a little bit about that diagnosis and how you feel about it today, whatever you're feeling, I would be interested in getting the one on Well, I just went to the emergency room um, to see someone, and then the dude was like, well, why do you want another diagnosis? And I was like, I, I want a diagnosis. But then he was like, didn't your school psychiatrist already diagnose you? And I was like, did she? And I just, like, misinterpreted it. So basically, the appointment didn't start off on a high note because I was like, did I just waste three hours get a diagnosis that I already had. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I was sitting there and I told him like a really condensed version of my life story and he asked me the question that I always get asked, which is, um, do you ever feel like you're invincible and like you don't need sleep and you just like spend nights all the way like awake all the time because they're trying to figure out mm-hmm. if I'm bipolar or not, which multiple people have told me I'm not. Um, but what he did say, because of my traumatic or my past in trauma and some other things, um, he was like, "You definitely are like way too anxious." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." Um, and then he was like, "Yeah, and you have some like elements of PTSD in there." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! No one's told me this before." And then he was like, "Traits of BPD are present, but you can work through that in DBT and like other stuff." Uh, so. So wait a minute, this additional, this, you know, you have some mm-hmm. elements. What does that mean exactly? See, I don't know, because I have nightmares. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't really have flashbacks, because a lot of the things that I've dealt with in my life, I've just kind of, like, I've ex- accepted it as, like, a fact of my life. So it's not like my brain, I, I like, described it as, like, it's not like my brain has filed it under, like, 
the trauma like file it's just kind of like things that happen and the equivalent of like I learned to ride the bike and I like learned to throw a ball I also had these experiences so I don't have flashbacks I don't have um nightmares I have like panic attacks but not even like necessarily related to that but just residual things that like I guess have to do with it so I think in like very mild ways I have elements and symptoms of like PTSD from those things that happen but um it's it's hard to explain as well because like I don't even like understand myself 100% of the time so people are like what does this mean and I'm like I no, some man with a PhD just told me that I have it. Now I need to figure it out. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of the the problem and the interest, right? Like, I you know what what's interesting about your station and the fact that you talk about it. So you know you talk about the mental health aspect of it. You sound so much more mature and quite frankly, like somebody who who speaks with authority, which is great. And that makes people like me who don't even. Like, shit, I don't know if I should be diagnosed with anything. Maybe. I don't know. I don't see psychiatrists. It's just not thing guys do, right? Um, I'm like, man, I want to ask some questions to Paris, but then she'll know too much about me. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. Like, I wonder if you would get more call-ins with questions of people weren't in afraid. Pers, like, I'll, I'll, right? In Purs, one thing I wanted to say that I do like about your station is how you always put the, like, you always kind of put the level playing field with mental health also with physical health and like how you could how you compare like when cancer and people get cancer everyone's sad but when you you know like you've been diagnosed with some mental illness people don't really know how to handle it and i think it is a problem so i guess within you know american culture anyway i guess in canadian culture as well where we don't really know how to deal with that sort of thing because we all kind of go under this belief that we're normal and these thoughts and feelings we have are quote unquote normal but we tend to do crazy things or see not crazy things but we tend to do things sometimes that we realize that our friends don't do and like you were saying i think you were talking about yesterday how how it's a good thing to note your family's history of mental illness and it even made me want to call my mom up and ask her like you know uh has there been any cases of this or that because you know the diabetes high blood high blood pressure we you kind of know that stuff you don't really you kind of know that because unfortunately when that pops up boom it's immediate you know the <laughs> the the size the the signs of that but as far as like with mental illness unfortunately our, our mental health problems it, it takes like an extreme scenario for people to be like huh maybe we need to check this out something's not right here like my son for instance um he had he's he's autistic he's on the spectrum and we we kind of knew, but I was a new father, so I really didn't know how a kid was supposed to act. But um, Astrid Wifey at the time, she would notice things like he would have tantrums at the at grocery stores and public, and he went to some medical thing, some checkup thing, and they're like, "Oh, we think yeah, he's he has he's on the spectrum, he's autistic," and I did not know what that word was. And I remember my dad reacting so like. He was so, like, irritated. He was like, no, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, that old mindset, the old school. He had, mm. oh, no, they don't know what they're talking about. He's fine. He's this and this and that. But, you know, once they did the test on him and stuff, it was apparent that he did have, you know, he was on the spectrum. So, uh, 
things like that definitely have made me become more aware that, you know, it's, it's a lot of shit going on that people are just not aware of. You hear it in, like, movies and shit, but they don't never really get it right. They're just doing it for entertainment. So, yeah, thank you for being, uh, bringing awareness on your station. I mean, especially the family. I knew about my family mental health history, not as in-depth as I do now, because I actively asked, but I knew even before my whole breakdown situation. Um, and that's not even a, a safeguard. Like, I knew before my whole breakdown situation, and I still had the huge breakdown, and, like, for the majority of the time, was wondering, like, what the heck was, and what was going on, and mental illness did not cross my mind for, like, the longest time. Um, was me just saying like why can't like why is this going on it's like people who know that like heart disease is big in their family and they still don't treat their like heart health um, properly and they just like drop dead of like a heart attack or a stroke one day and it's like well why did this happen like they knew that this was they were predisposed for this it's like they just still live their lives um, and you know like even I had one very distinct um distinct episode of an auditory hallucination in which I heard something other people didn't hear um, and it wasn't like an active choice of like my conscious or anything it was a completely different voice coming in my head telling me something um, and I like talked about it today as well and I've talked about it before and I've been told that like like for example I'm not necessarily schizophrenic but that like hallucinating is also like a portion of some of the things that I deal with and like the trauma mixed with other things. So it's really important to ask questions, but then to also stop and like reevaluate for yourself because not everything points to like what you think it is. So like after my episode where I like heard something, like heard a voice, I probably would have thought like, oh my God, I'm like going through a, like a psychotic break. Like I'm schizophrenic. No, it's just a, a feature of something else and it's not like full blown schizophrenia. As for Romac, when you're talking about like, questioning i think that's what i like i want i want to give a voice to people who have experienced similar things or have experienced completely different mental health issues but um but can't speak up for themselves or don't want to because you shouldn't have to um but the no it's hard it's hard because of the stigmas attached to it you know like that was going to be my follow-up question to you is how do you deal with it when meeting new people at school and things like that because like the one was alluding to it, everybody has this stigma about mental illness, like, oh, we want to move away from that person instead of help or support them. Well, a couple of things. Well, another thing I was going to say is um, I also implore people, because you were saying, like, should I get, like, should I see someone? I always implore people, like, if you have the insurance, at least go, like, once a year, um, if anything, like, once every year, just because, like, course, people move, and, like, those are big things, so, like, you should like talk about that um as for the stigma you know i also see it with physical illness um my mom has cancer which i've talked about on this station and um you know if you look really really sick no matter what you have people don't really mess with you but if you're functioning although you're like my mom like three years into her treatment disability would like run into people and they'd be like you look good like you look good because she's all like dressed up or whatever and then they like it'd be like they're like questioning whether she had cancer or not <laughs> like how can you look like, oh, and have cancer um and it's the same thing with like mental illness like if i was always like if my hair was completely unwashed and i was like 
looking at things that weren't there and like speaking in tongues people would be like this person has a problem but because i can like go to work and get stuff done but then i also have like side issues people wonder like oh why can't you just like figure it out and honestly i think it depends on the kind of illness of whether mental health for example if you have a really really or if you have you have diabetes and you need to eat at certain times, you know, or you have Tourette's and you like um, explain things, you probably need to, because that's something that will be present, you know, no matter where you are. Immediately, right, yeah. Yeah, and like, it's like, no eating in this room. Well, I need to eat, you know what I mean? But if you have something where it's like, um, you have depression or even anxiety, depending on where the anxiety is coming from, or you have bipolar, but you're on medication, things where like you can manage it or it doesn't really show up in public very obviously. That's a situation where like, you don't need to tell everyone that you're around. You probably just need to tell like your professor and like people stuff who are watching your attendance and stuff. So while I'm dealing with like, I don't need to, or like even for example, you were like in cancer treatment. Like if I was in cancer cancer treatment, I probably would tell my peers just because it's a big thing in my life. But I wouldn't have to. I would just need to tell my professor, and then they'd understand why I'd be sick one day or like not in class or whatever. But um, I don't. I've disclosed to um, my accessibility services, which then allow me to tell my professors and faculty that something's wrong but I don't need to tell them exactly what's wrong like I don't need to disclose um I just get to tell them something's wrong and then they need to accommodate me I do have a couple of professors that I've talked to because um either of stress or they've asked and I'm not afraid to to tell them um and also you know I have um but for example I was talking on my solution about like that guy right um, and I was, I was contemplating, like, do I say the thing um, at yeah. the point when I thought that we would, like, move forward in whatever we were doing? I was like, I want to tell him early, but I'm not sure when and I'm not sure how. So it depends on the It's a big challenge because you never know how somebody's going to react, right? And you don't, want the, you don't want it to be too early that things go awry because of that, but you don't want it to be too late because things don't go right because they didn't know. Yeah, because if you kind of like have the breakdown and then tell them after the fact, they're probably just gonna be like, okay, well you were still like real messed up. And like the things that you didn't said were real messed up. Whereas if you told them beforehand, they would be like, okay, I know this is a part of this. Like, how can I help you? Or should I just like give you space or like whatever. it's tricky. It's tricky. It is tricky. So tricky. And I don't really have an answer for like when to disclose. I just say like, it depends on the relationship and how quick that relationship's going and also how comfortable you are with that person. Yeah. Now, Dewan, I wanted to, before, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I wanted to, to talk about one last thing that just had, just came to my mind again. You know, with hers doing all this talking about stuff right that she she discloses all the time the one thing that i thought was interesting was i gotta bring it back to the monetization thing only because right the one thing i thought about her is like oh who is this person like before i I checked her out or listened to her on your station i mean only listening to her on your station it was like okay this is a girl who's going to be a lawyer like i kind of got that from the conversations you had and 
she's doing so well with this podcasting thing that she's thinking about, oh, maybe I should do the lawyer thing as a side job (laughs) 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 because the podcast is taking off so fast and furious. So, you know, like it's one of those things like how does how does doing something that you're really good at? Um, how do you think? Because you also have a real talent for talking, speaking, and hosting a show. How do we change that in a way that we could actually, you know, make a living doing the stuff that we're good at instead of, you know, doing jobs that ugh, pay the bills and, you know, kind of killing you and doing this on the side? Well, you know? one thing that I heard that really stuck with me is what I went to a podcast festival and I've talked about it on and on since. Um, I went in early October and the first panel were like novice or like new podcasters who had been doing it for about a year, nine months to a year, but they got to a point where they were able to monetize and they were able to put more time and effort into it because they were getting money from it. And one dude, what Mm. he did was actually what he would do was he, I forget exactly what he's called, but he would like retell history and historical facts, but like in a fun, cool kind of way. Um, And he got such a following that people actually started messaging him and saying like, I would like to give you money. I would like to pay you because I appreciate your work so much. Where's your Patreon? Like, where's your donate link? Like, where can I like give you money for this service? You know? Um, and that kind of struck me in the, in the sense that like, if you provide good content, and content that people can connect with you on, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I think um, sometimes the uh, novice entrepreneurial, I like to call them the mini Gary V's on Anchor, I don't know how far they're going to go because their community is filled with like other novice entrepreneurial like people who don't have money to just like circle around with each other because they're all trying to start their own business. but they don't really have enough out to start their own business off of their success because they don't really have any success. Like, I don't know how far they're going to go. But for people like me or for people like that guy who did the history podcast, like, you're connecting with real people based on something that you genuinely like to do. So it's not like you're being fake. People can tell that you genuinely care about these things. You accept when you're wrong. You accept when, you know, people need to correct you. Um, and you're just like a cool person and your podcast sounds like you're talking to just like a friend, people will want to probably like compensate you for that or they'll want more, more products from you that you can charge. So like, even if they don't want to just give you random money, want your merch, they might want a cool version of their logo on their sweatpants or on their hat to like wear or something, you know? Um, so I think it's, I think to get there you just need to and i'm not even there this is just me talking based off of this other person's experience to get there i think you need to be genuine i think you need to honestly like what you're talking about and i say that because i've tried other social media kind of like endeavors because i grew up in a social media um generation so like to me social media could actually be a viable job because i see my peers like being established that way so i've tried a couple social media things like just for the sake of like being some sort of social media influence person, like public figure. And it never worked out because I honestly just didn't care about what I was doing. I was just trying to do it to like become the next like Zoella on like YouTube. And you can't, you need to actually love what you're doing. Um, and have an audience that loves what you're doing too. Yeah. And to add to that, I think one thing that uh, like you mentioned first with, people wanting to 
to help you out when they realize like this is good stuff enough for them to be like, hey, I would actually pay for this. I think you have to kind of get in your mindset to become like a leader of what it is that you want to do and to buy into what it is that you want to do versus, you know, <laughs> you can get anybody to come up on Anchor and say, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But then you start asking them questions like, oh, okay, um, have you have you thought about what, what type of, you know, equipment you might want to get eventually or something like that? And people aren't necessarily on board to pay for it, but they kind of just want it, hand it to them on a silver platter. Um, whereas I, uh, like, let's say within my music, when I started making music, when I started making music, it was just with a keyboard and a mouse that you get with any uh, computer. And over time, I started seeing reviews and stuff. They start talking about these MIDI controllers and instruments that you could plug up to the computer and work with. And I started getting excited about it. But at the same time, I was like, oh, man, this ain't this ain't something I can illegally download. This is something I actually have to pay for. And I wasn't sure if I wanted mm-hmm. to do it at the time. But then I decided to do it, and it took my stuff to the next level. So, so that's why – oh, yeah, keep going. So with that being said, um, in terms of, like, let's say with Anchor uh, – Getting, getting the audience, building the audience, um, getting them to trust in what it is you like to talk about, just entertained by what it is you like to talk about. Um, when I started talking about the merch, people were excited. They're like, oh, yeah, I want to get the Ryan Oreo shirt. I want to get this and this and that. And it was it, it was interesting to me because at the, when I was thinking, I was like, man, this is okay. I like it. but And then when other people like it, it's like you, you're onto something. It's like, oh, this is how it works. I could take I don't just have to, you know, simply just post shit all day just to get people to be like, oh, that's cool. But people actually will, you know, come out of their pockets for some shit. Now, I got to go about the processes of setting all that up and putting the effort in, which I haven't really done. But I think that's where a lot of people stop short is they, they put the effort in in terms of finding an app and posting on that app. But in after that when it requires you probably to pony up some cash or, or more dedication to what it is that you want to do. That's where a lot of people are like, uh, I'll just, I'll just pay Gary V instead. He'll help me out. I'll pay his Ted talks. I'll pay for this. I'll download this and watch this all day. And I think that's the bad sign of what I see going on out there a lot too, is everybody is trying to be somebody else. I think you're talking about this person. They're, they're trying to be the next Gary V instead of trying to do something that, they haven't seen yet and i think that's more risky so with that being said you uh especially when it comes to you know wanting to monetize it definitely is risky because everybody's thinking like oh you want to make this millions of dollars but you're probably only going to make twenty dollars the first time go around or ten dollars or whatever and you have to start from zero and again how much are you willing to invest in yourself and how much do you want this passion or this dream of yours to come true despite what society is telling you and what your mom's telling you or your cousin's telling you a stupid dumb idea oh nobody really cares but then once you start getting the success of course they're going to change their minds and they're going to want you to buy them a house that's um, that's yes that's actually hilarious when people um knock your hustle until you get like big up and then they come up to you and they're like remember me i was in your third grade class <laughs> for half the year and then i switched schools and you know but um <laughs> no that's why i say like you honestly you need to love it it doesn't even matter like for example even for law which has nothing to do with social media it's one of the most traditional jobs you could ever get <laughs> right 
you need to really love law and be really, really into it. Same thing with medicine, even business sometimes, because yeah. you go to graduate school and you're going to be $400,000, half a million dollars in debt. And if you don't love it and then you come out of law school with half a million dollars in debt and you don't want to be a lawyer anymore, you're not going to like the whole point why law school is so expensive is because they expect you to get like a job that will be able to pay back that money. But if you right. go through the school and then you don't want that job and you, you know, you take work that you might enjoy more like a carpenter or a painter or something, you're never going to be able to pay off that debt. It's the same kind of thing with you know, being an entrepreneur or doing social media is that um, you need to love it. And for example, for this, like, even if I wasn't on Anchor, I would still be like, I'd still be researching for myself. I'd still be going to emerge or going to therapy or whatever, because I need to work on myself and I enjoy working on myself and I enjoy sharing that story with other people. But it's not like I'm getting help for my mental health so that I can market it and put it into a podcast. No, that's not the right way to do things. I am making a podcast because I'm getting help for myself anyway. And I don't even necessarily want to market it. I just want to share that story. And podcasting is a little difficult because it's one of the few mediums um, that, well, it used to be closed off, not so much with Anchor anymore, but it used to be really closed off. You, you needed to get all the equipment at first. You needed to be able to pay to have your, your audio hosted. Um, even before you knew whether or not podcasting podcasting was for you. Anchor is great in the sense that now it allows you to try out podcasting and make a podcast for free. And I'm at an advantageous point because I'm in a research school. I'm in a school with a whole lot of money and I'm in a podcast club at my school. So I get to use the um, interview. I get to use like the high tech radio rooms that they have and the handheld mics and recorders that we have and all the editing software. I get licensing things for that for free. That other people oh, hold, hold up the hustle, what? girl. We got to be coming up to fucking Canada <laughs> to get this show right. Damn. It's a pre- it's I nice. forgot about all that. Like, I get free. <laughs> like, I'm getting literally today, later today, I'm going to go learn how to, like, use the editing software so we can make intro, outro music. Like, I'm getting all those free things. Um, and even if I wasn't getting that, I probably in my position wouldn't be paying for that because I have student loans to pay off and Anchor's great and mm. that it's letting even like anyone with a phone and a microphone built into their phone, like the ability to talk. Um, but no matter what, you're going to get to a point where you have enough listeners that you need to step up your game to like get more, you know, maybe less interested listeners like you need to sound crisper you need to have better music to get those people like roped in but you're not big enough that the people that you already have is willing to pay for your stuff so you're in a weird kind of place where you need to pay for stuff to make your show better so that you have a wide enough audience to start making money and that's why they say you got to spend money to make money and that's why you should um you need to choose something that you love because even if you're not spending money you're spending time i spend hours sometimes like looking up like the difference between this health issue and this health issue and the pros and cons of this kind of treatment and that kind of treatment and it's helpful because it deals with my life so i can use the information but if i honestly didn't care even if i wasn't paying money that's time i could have spent doing something else and if you don't want to spend the time doing something you don't like and you're trying to build a platform on something you don't like it's not going to last because you're not going to want to spend time on it well said damn pers you see that's why we got to have you here back again a couple times because you always make me freaking happy and smile when I hear you talk about these things. Oh, my God. Dewan, it's cold. <laughs> I think it's time to wrap up. 
this episode and have hers back again to continue this idea because uh, man she just she put out a lot of good stuff but she left a lot of questions for us too. yeah um well i wouldn't mind actually making you torture a little more out there but we do gotta give you a little more <laughs> respect but Otherwise, you're going to hear that bad music again because I'm about to jump in this freaking Starbucks. But no, honestly, the hustle is real. I got to end this hustle and get back to my daily hustle. Well, have fun with that. Well, Purs, <laughs> thanks for joining us on the show and no taking problem. time out of your day. No problem. And I have no problems with that. I'll be on here anytime. Oh, that's great, first, because like just a recap, you know, you already said it. You, there's a new, there's a new layer to um, your journey, so we definitely want to hear more about what's going on with that. You just opened it up with the freaking whole podcast school equipment stuff, so that's another journey that kind of has to do with this journey. But yeah, I totally agree with you about Anchor making it, you know, making the practice real, right? Because imagine you, you're coming in there, you're gonna look like a champ. When you come in there swinging, they're going to be like, wow, look at this girl. She look, she know everything she's doing, right? Uh, you know, of course, there's some production things added to it, like the intro music, whatever. But when you get on that mic, oh, my God, you're going to rock it. Um, and the last thing, anchor etiquette we spoke about today, just a little summary of that. Yeah, all oh, when you do the call-ins, let's put some love and some meaning behind those call-ins. Yeah. Nobody, wants, nobody wants like 100 call-ins are like, oh, thank you for liking me. Like, like, I mean, yeah, that, that's kind of wah, wah, wah. I agree. I agree as well. Okay. And I guess that's a wrap. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And give us feedback, all that good stuff, Echo, you know, all that networking stuff that y'all kids love to do these days. Oh, yeah, you guys made me feel old, by the way, but I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all righty. Just wait for next week's. Uh, do next week, Tawan. We'll 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 come up with something. Maybe maybe we'll get some a little tickler in here and there, and again, I don't know. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Thanks everyone for listening. Peace and love. Bye.